Coffee and Convo listeners, it's your host, Liz Bullard. I hope you're well out there. For those of you who are new to Coffee and Convos, it's my podcast where I talk with friends, those in the community, and others who are just great conversationalists about topics that are affecting us here in the Waterbury area and in the world around me. I was so glad to connect with Vicki Louise, who is a fellow podcaster and certified life coach. On her show, she discusses anxiety and how to manage it. And for those of you listening who might think that the numbers are small and that anxiety and other mental health disorders are not prevalent, in a recent study from 2018, 12% in Connecticut reported experiencing anxiety and 9 reported depression. However, for Waterbury, that number had increased to 17% experiencing anxiety and 16% experiencing depression. So whether it's you or a loved one, it's likely that at some point we will encounter anxiety. And so I challenge you as you listen to this episode to think about if anxiety is showing up in your life or in the lives of your loved ones and normalize the conversation of talking about anxiety Because it's likely that if it's not affecting you, it could be affecting those you care about. And so thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you check out the links in the bio to listen to Vicky's podcast. And remember to add three things to your cup to get you through your day and your week. Again, welcome to Coffee and Combos. I super appreciate you joining me for this episode. Thank you. So happy to be here. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you listening, I am very excited to have a fellow podcaster on my show. And we're going to talk about anxiety. And what really led me to this was, I think mental health is an important conversation Anxiety is an important conversation, especially, you know, we're going through a pandemic. We're over here in New England going into winter. So we're not going to have that access to outside and some of the activities we usually get for our brief summers. And so, Vicki, would you tell the people a little bit about your podcast and what drew you to talking about anxiety? Yeah, of course. So happy to be here. Um, So... My podcast is called Fuck Anxiety and Get Shit Done, but it is spelt the polite way. I like to clarify. It's like F asterisk CK anxiety. Um, And yeah, a few years ago, I was I was actually already a coach and people had come to me for coaching for anxiety. And I'd said, no, I can't help you. You need to go to a doctor. That's a really serious thing. Like I like I would didn't want to take the risk on taking people Mm -hmm. on. It just felt very like dangerous um based on what I'd read and heard about anxiety before then and then fast forward a few months and I was waking up in the mornings into my mind racing sweat Mm -hmm. heart pounding very alert Mm -hmm. and it just became my new normal so it happened for about two weeks before my husband said yeah that thing that happens to you in the morning I don't think it's normal (laughs) 
<laughs> and I was like, huh, I don't know, because it like happens. And then I just get on with my day. Mm-hmm. And then I was speaking to a friend and she was like, it sounds like anxiety or panic. And I was like, what? Because mm-hmm. everything I'd heard about it told me that I wasn't going to get out of bed. I wasn't going to be able to get out mm-hmm. of bed. I wasn't going to be able to function. I was going to be suffering. It was going to cost like all this dramatic stuff that I'd really heard and believed Mm -hmm. and here I was waking up into it it being unpleasant and then getting on with my day so I went to Dr Google and Dr Google (laughs) told me things like um anxiety is a feeling of worry and ease and apprehension and I read that and I thought well that's not useful at all that's (laughs) not clear and anything and it told me things like you know one in four American adults will suffer from an anxiety disorder in their life and my background for anyone, well, no one listening will know me, so of <laughs> everyone, is my background was um, statistics, economics, and I looked at that sentence and thought one in four, so 25% of a population size of 100 million people is not a disorder, it's a trend, and that mm-hmm. trend has to be explainable. And mm-hmm. that's when I started looking into our evolution and the science and why it exists, and that's when I decided to also quite quickly launched the podcast because there is so much disempowering information out there that we're mm-hmm. broken that we need to be fixed that there's something wrong with us and all of that has its own impact on kids on us on entrepreneurs on all kinds of people so that's why that's a little bit of my story I guess and that's why I created the podcast and that's why I coach people I I love it. And before we jump too into it, I did not start with my coffee and convo question, which is, are you a coffee or a tea person? What do you like to drink? Right. So I love coffee and then I stopped drinking it and got these like really bad headaches. And I recently decided to start drinking it again and then (laughs) took a day off and then got really bad headaches. So I've just come to the conclusion that I'm coffee is not for me and so I will go back to my tea and I do love tea because I think there's lots of fun flavors so I used to do it the English way with the milk but now I'm mm-hmm. doing it the more American way let's say with um without milk just different flavored teas so there we go mm. and so for those of you listening they're probably like hmm where's her accent from would you like to tell the people where you are Yes. Well, I'm actually living in south of France right now, which is not where my accent is from. (laughs) But I'm I'm from uh, the UK. I'm from Manchester in England. Awesome. Awesome. So I think, first of all, I think it's super awesome that we were able to connect. And it's super awesome that when we talk, especially here in America, sometimes we don't translate to things we're going through as globally. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to hear how anxiety does not just affect us here, but this is something that everyone is going through. And when you think about it in terms of like that, and like you talk about the percentage, it really is a conversation that we need to be having. And like you mentioned, it affects children as well as adults. And sometimes you think it's normal, right? Like it becomes a part of your day and you learn how to work through it. But it really is something to take a pause and really discuss and say, hey, where is this coming from and how do I kind of deal with this? Um, yeah, totally. It's And, and it's something that's spoken about uh, so often. Mm-hmm. And 
there's a whole spectrum of anxiety so Mm -hmm. we really lump it all together and our brain by design focuses on the worst case scenario so for anyone listening that experiences anxiety your brain is going to immediately assume the worst Mm. um so that in itself so yeah it's it's really worthwhile getting to know our own brains I always say I don't know why we're not taught this stuff in school like it would be really useful to know how our brains brains it really would absolutely it really would be because it becomes so normal to talk about stress like I know like in the beginning of the pandemic there was like a lot of conversation of like you'd say to someone like hey how you doing oh busy I'm busy or oh I got a lot going on and it became like normal to have like an amount of stress mm-hmm. in your life and like it was almost as if stress was like equated to how successful you are in a sense because you had so much going on but mm-hmm. you know it's just it's weird how while the pandemic is stressful it is also opening up our eyes to stress yeah, it's also interesting. There's been some studies on people experiencing less anxiety during the pandemic because yes. they're saying, well, at least it feels normal to have anxiety. So we have anxiety or we have stress. That's like 10% of the problem. The other mm. 90% comes from all of our judgment mm. or having the anxiety and the stress for all of our criticism of ourselves, mm-hmm. of the anxiety, all that shame and that judgment, arguing with it, arguing with our mm-hmm. own brain causes a lot more stress surprise surprise Mm -hmm. um so some people are actually finding like a relief of okay this should be happening so nothing's gone wrong whereas normally we we experience the anxiety and then we think well something's gone wrong because it's here absolutely and I love that and I loved how you had did this interview which you posted and you talked about having anxiety and not letting it like stop your day and I thought that was so important because again, here in, you know, I feel like we talk about anxiety or like mental health in general as let's completely eradicate it Mm. in order for you to function. And Mm. sometimes you're never going to get to like, I'm never going to feel anxious or I'm never not going to feel depressed. And it's about how do you manage that? What is your baseline so that you can function? Yes, I always say to my clients, don't expect to go to anxiety level zero and stay there the whole time. Like we've evolved to have anxiety for a reason. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we do really want it. It's kind of like this security dog that you have in your house that barks when the mailman comes and you're like hey it's just the mailman (laughs) we're gonna be (laughs) fine but then you don't want you can't train the dog to not bark ever because there might be someone breaking into your house one day and then Mm -hmm. you would want the dog to bark so um but you just get to understand that your anxiety doesn't necessarily mean that you are in danger but if you are in danger and I will even share a story here if you are in danger it's going to be there for you and I was once walking down the street and someone um ran past me and grabbed my phone out of my Mm. hand and like immediately I yelled and I started running after them and someone was able and 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 some boy like some people far fitter than me started running <laughs> after them and he looked back and then put the phone down and went and it was because of my anxiety and because of my alertness and my ability like it showed up for me when I needed it mm-hmm. and so and obviously that wasn't a super dangerous situation but we like it's there for a reason we just 
aren't in as much danger so our brain completely overreacts to like an email we sent yesterday or to <laughs> or to walking into an event and thinking what other people think about us or to um submitting some work or to going live on Facebook whatever it might be because it doesn't understand that those situations don't require that barking dog but mm. that barking dog is still there to protect us I I love that I love that because it is there. Like we, everyone has a level of anxiety. Like you said, it is there to alert us, let us know something's out of place or, or whatever. And sometimes it shows up in more situations than others. And that's when, you know, you, you know, you walk yourself back or like you get on the phone, you call your friends, you're like, okay, am I overreacting here? Like help mm-hmm. me process this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we just get so used to um, dealing with it, but we don't really name it as anxiety. Um, but I think there's some power and some control in saying, hey, like there is anxiety that comes in different situations rather than looking at anxiety um, as if it is like this boogeyman that is coming to get you and take over. Mm. Yeah, because then it's like the villain. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and then we're living with the villain. <laughs> that's not going to be a lot of fun. No, but I think that's how we look at it. I like that, like living with a villain and rather than okay you have this annoying roommate called anxiety <laughs> yeah so I actually uh, I actually sometimes call it my drunk best friend <laughs> right I'm like it's just my drunk best friend it's got my best interest it's just talking a lot I can't get it to shut up it's saying all this unnecessary <laughs> stuff it should be it's saying things that it really shouldn't say it's thinking about food way too much it's like <laughs> You know, like I love, I love you, but I'm not gonna do what you tell me to do, right? I love my drunk mm-hmm. best friend, but I'm not gonna be like, yeah, let's like jump into the ocean together. No, we're gonna <laughs> go home. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, tell me a little bit. How is like mental health or anxiety treated um, in the UK? Like, is is there this big stigma? Is it something openly talked about? Um, kind of what's the feeling overseas about um, mental health and anxiety? So I'm going to start by telling everyone that I've I've not really properly lived in the UK. The last 10 years I've moved around a lot. But mm-hmm. so so I want to say that before I make mm-hmm. statements. Um but I can tell you that when so it was around 2016 um when I last lived there and like I said for me in my own case like anxiety was not really spoken about. It was like mm-hmm. very um you know you think of the extreme we didn't, I, when I moved to the US, I moved to the US in 2013, 2012 uh-huh. to New York. And I noticed that it was quite normal for people to speak about their mental health, speak about their anxiety, even be on meds, even going to therapy. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up like that. Um, and so I saw a completely different world. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I also think the UK is catching up. It's in a mm-hmm. growth phase of acknowledging and understanding these things matters companies are you know taking responsibility and, and leading the way but it's it, I, in my opinion it is behind the US in terms of awareness openness but it's catching up luckily we have access to even things like Instagram which just like open up the dialogue internationally mm-hmm. of like hey this is normal so I think that I don't know where it is now I'm sure it's a lot more advanced than when I was last there but you know for me I remember I mean, I've obviously had anxiety my whole life because it's normal. And for me, when I was working in the city in London, it was like, we just like go to the pub after work and drink. (laughs) (laughs) We're big drinkers in the UK. And so it never really became a problem because I, 
you know, there's always distractions, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I like how you talked about social media, because I think social media has opened us up to um, some might say more stress, but also resources, because I think people are being so much more open and using it as like a coping skill where people are and, you know, celebrities and things are talking about um, anxiety. They're talking about stress. They're sharing resources, sharing um, different things um, and how they feel going through um, whatever their challenges. And so I think it's normalizing, like you mentioned, um, just the different feelings that people are having, which I think is super helpful um, because I do think for Nina now in some places, it's a little bit like looked at as if you say that you're struggling with anxiety or depression, sometimes, you know, I find that people will be like, well, that's an excuse or whatever, da, 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 da. But then you have some people that are really opening up the conversation and educating mm-hmm. people on what it's like to live with mm-hmm. um, anxiety or whatever mental health you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the most comforting is seeing this shift mm-hmm. of acceptance and conversation. Yes. And I, listen, I like definitely teach my people to not spend too much time online because it is a stressor or the like sounds, <laughs> sights, like noises, visuals, like it's a lot of, it's kind of very easy to do, but it's mm-hmm. very tiring on our brain. So mm-hmm. I'm totally with you. I think anything is like mm-hmm. good and bad. And so Absolutely. social media is good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think exactly like you said, there's, it just allows people to access information that they otherwise wouldn't have had. But I do think that it's also a place where we can go and unfortunately even like sit and compare, you know, when we're, mm. this is the worst place it shows up is social media <laughs> yeah. is somewhere we will go when we feel terrible. And then we go and compare our feeling terrible to someone's like best five seconds of their year or their <laughs> week. And we're like, everyone else has an amazing life, but me. And so I think it's amazing that people are vocal on social media because it's otherwise, I think there was probably a time when it wasn't such an honest place. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So now it's amazing to see how the community have really like stepped up and created something phenomenal there, I think. Absolutely. And I think it goes back to definitely having an awareness of when to shut off social media or whatever your stressor is, because sometimes, you know, again, you can go down that rabbit hole on social media and then you start feeling like you'll feel great. And then you're just like, everyone's out there. They're doing great. What am I doing? What's wrong with me? And I think you definitely have to catch yourself and say, you know, like we talked about talking to your, uh, your drunk best friend anxiety and just say like, okay, like enough, we got to sit you down. Like that's too far off the deep end. Mm-hmm. And thinking about um, your podcast, what has been the most, not educational, let's say the most fun episode or most helpful episode that you've done? Yeah. So it's hard for me to say the most helpful because that mm-hmm. definitely comes from other people. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, but there's a few key ones. Um, I think the first one in itself is really powerful, um, where I really break down what anxiety is and why it exists. All of my episodes, by the way, are 10 minutes. So they're very like short and punchy. And the idea is like every episode leaves the listener with like one simple actionable tool, one simple actionable breakdown. So it's really applicable versus mm-hmm. like, a lot of information which our brains then have to break down and solve what's the most important part mm-hmm. um 
So I don't know. Oh, it's so such an interesting question. I think people loved episode 30. I shared my anxiety story. Mm. There's an episode called Not Everyone Likes You, which had a lot of good feedback because, you know, there's a lot of talk about people pleasing and mm-hmm. and really just break down the fact that like not everyone is going to like you. Here's why. Mm-hmm. Here's what you can actually do about it. Um, <laughs> I have like six episodes on decision making that really help people um, go through the process and understand why indecision is there and then one is decision making for growth and how to choose decisions based on what you're going where you're going mm-hmm. but I actually am coming up to episode number 100 soon and I no, think my husband congratulations yes um it's like still two months away <laughs> but, I, but it's coming up and I think I'm going to bring my husband on and we're going to speak he'll speak to the people about seeing my transition and all of that and you know even a partner with someone um going through it so I think that will be the most fun episode yet oh my god you know it's whenever I try and think about which episode is like my favorite it always shifts and changes and so I just wanted to see like hmm, if I ask someone else what do they say (laughs) but it really is hard to choose because you get kind of like attached and like each episode is like a part of yourself and a part of like your story that you want to share with the listener. And so um, it really is a struggle to choose like, which is like number one, you know? Right. Especially because they also all build off each other. So mm-hmm. like, I would say my latest episodes are phenomenal, but then I'll still hear from people that say like my first 10 episodes did more for them than three years in therapy, but I've, <laughs> they've just found the podcast now, whereas it's been going for two years. So mm-hmm. I think it meets you where you are and then takes you on the journey. Um, mm. Yeah. And, and I like how you mentioned about, um, how your podcast was helpful in compared to therapy and not saying that therapy is not helpful. But when I talk to people about mental health, I like to ask them, like, what do you do that calms you down? Because I don't think we credit enough of, like, we all do things to help us calm down, to help us relax. And I think sometimes we think therapy is like, okay, they're going to give me this magic tool and there's wave this wand and this crystal ball and it all go away. But sometimes you find peace and comfort in the strangest places where you didn't even expect it. Yeah, I really think mental health is not a one size fits all problem or with the solution. And for anyone listening that feels like they've tried all the things and nothing's working or they can only get so far. Like I think we live in an amazing world now where there's more and more solutions being created, which Mm -hmm. is phenomenal. Um, So I think therapy is amazing for people um at one sense and then on the other sense coaching is going to be more appropriate and then on the other sense even like diet and nutrition on the other Mm -hmm. sense like movement and like all this Mm -hmm. I mean there's like eastern medicine there's so many Mm -hmm. amazing tools out there um in itself it can be overwhelming um sometimes so really encourage people to like try and get curious and see what's out there and I think podcasts are an amazing way to explore different avenues and different solutions as well. Absolutely. Because I think it all goes back to looking at yourself and saying, what do you need? You know what I mean? Like, this is your journey. What do you need to get to healing? And, you know, kind of going back to what you said about like comparing yourself to others and not everyone's going to like you. Sometimes I think we get caught up in, well, what is everyone doing to solve this problem? 
And while that might have worked for those people, that might not work for you. And I think that we need to be more authentic in our journey or life's journey and say, okay, what do I need? What do I want to do? And what's going to give me peace? Totally. And it's okay. Like we fail our way to success in anything that we are doing. So um, also don't compare your start to someone else's end. Don't compare just because something's worked for someone else doesn't mean it will work for you. Get curious, be in it for like the long game, be in it for where you will be, you know, two, three years from now, not next week, not the week after, like really think about like once you solve, um, to the level where you still feel in control and confident. Like I say, I'm not going to say that you're going to get to anxiety level zero 100% of the time. But once you solve for where you are showing up in the way that you want to, it's not holding you back from doing things that you want to, from setting ambitious goals and getting them and all of that good stuff. Um, I, I just totally talked myself out of remembering where I was going. But, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I do it all the time. Like you start on like this really good track. And then like for me, I'm just like, oh, something shiny. And like I'm off on the other side. <laughs> Turkish. Yeah. But I definitely um I I liked how you said about don't set yourself up thinking you know or working towards like you're going to reach your goal next week. It really is a marathon and not a sprint. And sometimes we you know I'm going to speak from like an I statement. I mean I'm like oh my god like this is going to be great and it's like not great tomorrow. And, you know, you get a little discouraged, but it's like, again, you got to kind of talk yourself down and say, okay, this is a process, but you get so caught up in wanting to do so much so fast, but it really is a process. Totally. And our brains, I literally have an episode on this. Our brains have a very short-term focus by design. Mm -hmm. So it's always looking for that short-term fix, that short-term hit like that short-term avoidance which like is why I mentioned about me you know back in the day and I would drink Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. at the time I didn't know I was avoiding it but now I'm like obviously I was avoiding it um so but like that glass of wine or that piece of cake is way easier more comfortable Mm -hmm. than yeah so absolutely and you know I, I like how you you talked about how you didn't realize then like and not saying that like drinking or anything is harmful, but like you didn't realize that that was a distraction at that time. And I think, you know, we all have our thing that's like, oh, if you take that away, you realize, oh, that was just a distraction from what's really bothering me. Like, you know, whether like avoiding that conversation, that tough conversation or putting that paper off or, or whatever, we all do that. And like you had mentioned before, there are things we do that are helpful But then we have to say, okay, what's stopping me from being the best me possible? And I think it all goes back to, again, being authentic and saying, okay, who is the you that you want to be? And what do you need to do to get there? That makes sense. I would also (laughs) even add to that. It's not just about being the best me possible. It's how can I be the best to me? Like we rush around, right? We rush around sacrificing whatever it is to try and people please and to get mm-hmm. perfect and to you know parent please and partner please and do all the mm-hmm. right things and get successful on paper and we continually sacrifice our own desires and our own mm. like our own narrative and then we beat ourselves up thinking oh once I do this one other thing then I'll take time off once I do this one other thing I'll go on that vacation yeah. that I wanted to go on yeah. once I do this one other thing then I'll start working out or waking up earlier or sleeping in later, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like Mm -hmm. putting ourselves 
last time and time and time again. Absolutely. And I am 100% guilty of that. And I was so grateful for like the pandemic and quarantine because it removed a lot of things. And I was able to say, hmm, I'm able to do a lot of the things that I wanted to do because I didn't have X, Y, and Z distraction. And so it really helped me to reevaluate um, and say, okay, what do I need to remove? Because like you said, you put so many things off and you're sacrificing yourself for what? And again, for those of you who are listening, who love being on the go, who love doing those things, totally great. (laughs) But I think for me, while I loved all the things I was part of, I think that I love some of the other being nice to me um, as well. And I don't think I was doing that as much. And so I think there's definitely having a balance and that balance shifts and change. There's points and times in your life where you're like, yes, very career driven and There's other parts where you're like, no, I want to just switch it up. And I think that's okay too. Yeah. And I will even say I love being on the go. If I could have the choice to always be doing, I would be doing. (laughs) I have to actively slow myself down Mm -hmm. and build in like a practice around it. And it took me years, like even when I was still coaching, I think it was like two years ago when I started doing yoga and I was like I'm just gonna do 10 minutes every single day <laughs> that's like <laughs> a promise and you know I just did that for a year before I started adding other things to it so um there's no right or wrong way mm-hmm. like meet yourself where you are think about what's like that one thing that you would like to add or take away what would it mean and and let it be awkward and uncomfortable sometimes we think mm. that it's only uncomfortable when we are going out there, facing our fears, applying for the new job, mm-hmm. going on the date. But sometimes it's equally as uncomfortable to say <laughs> no. Mm. Yeah. I just like let that sit there. <laughs> yeah. But that is so true. Oh my goodness. That is so true. Sometimes doing, saying the no or putting yourself first is awkward. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think growth sometimes is awkward and we, we talk about it or sometimes I think in our mind we have, okay, it will feel normal. It will feel right. I will feel like I'm knowing all the steps are in the right order, but not always. And that doesn't mean that your journey isn't being successful. Yeah. It's just like, wow. Like I, I thank you for that. And I think that's really um, an important part of all of our life's journey that knowing that um, awkwardness is part of the journey just as confidence is wow what you just said is so good we like have this expectation of growth because mm-hmm. like the way it's spoken about that it should feel amazing mm-hmm. and it doesn't right like it does <laughs> and it doesn't but like whenever yeah. we are creating a change in our brains in ourselves in our lives it totally comes with feeling awkward or going wrong or things not working how we had planned and we put this like expectation of growth and if it like doesn't deliver perfectly the first time we're like done this isn't for me it's not gonna work for me yes like that was totally my story with meditation um Mm. even now I'm still like very new to it but I'm you know doing it consistently um a few times a week still again just like 10 minutes that's that's how I like to introduce anything but for years I was like I'll try it and I tried it once and then it didn't work and I was like well that's it I'm done it's not for me I'm yes. just not someone that this is going to work with it's like we <laughs> expect you know the things that are supposed to feel good and be good for us to show up and be amazing from day one 
Mm-hmm. That's like not how it is at all. You know, it's like that movie mentality, right? Like you watch a movie and like you see them training and then like they get all strong and like they beat the villain and you're like, oh yeah, like I just need to work out like two times. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But I love how you talk about introducing it in like 10 minutes. So like short spurts, because that helps to build up the endurance. And I think um, anytime you start something new, breaking it down to the most basic form so that you could actually build up that consistency and that commitment is going to help you do it long-term. So I really like that, that tidbit and that advice to um, start small. Yes. We forget that we are also building self-trust and self-accountability at the Mm. same time. So when we set, when we set something of, you know, I need to do an hour or 30 minutes, or I need to do it every day from the get-go or whatever it might be, we can be setting ourselves. It's a really clever way our brain sets us up for failure. It's like, why would we do this new thing? And so it creates like dramatic, drastic goals mm-hmm. that it knows we will fail at. But when you do something for like 10 minutes repetitively, consistently mm-hmm. based on how you wanted to do it, you build trust in yourself that you will do the things you say you will do when you say you will do it and you show up for yourself the same you show up for someone else and you build a habit now once you build a habit it doesn't require effort like I don't mm-hmm. need, it doesn't take me effort to brush my teeth why should mm-hmm. it take effort to do 10 minutes yoga like mm-hmm. I can just build it as a habit the same the same way so yeah that's exactly it so many good nuggets of information, so many good nuggets of information. So I'm like super excited and really going to be introspective. And listeners out there, I hope that you are introspective and looking and not only to to identify the areas in which you have anxiety or if your anxiety level is creeping up to a point where you're just like, whoa, this is unusual for me. But be introspective to find the joy and the pleasure in your life and to say, where are the areas that I want to experience more joy and more freedom? And like we talked about, take this basicest form of that and do a little bit each day. You know, life is this reevaluation, this journey to find joy and happiness and peace. So don't ever get stuck on your journey, especially when you're noticing that you're not feeling as joyous and as free as you want to feel. Mm, love that. Vicky, this has been so awesome. Please do not be a stranger to coffee and combos. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so fun. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Before we get into our last segment, which is called What's in Your Cup, where I ask you three things that you're adding to your cup to get you through your day or your week, mm. um, anything you'd like to share with the listeners? Really, like the most, the thing that stops people the most is the self judgment. That's like the first barrier. They're like the mm. self judgment that this shouldn't be here arguing with ourselves. Mm. Like anything, this is what I mean when I spoke about that statistic one in four American adults. It's mm. like anything in your brain is science. Like nothing mm. has gone wrong with just your brain. It's how we've evolved. We've not mm. all evolved exactly the same to the exact same degrees, but mm-hmm. it is science. And when you allow yourself to just be human with a mm-hmm. human brain, it saves you so much energy and beating yourself up and time that you mm-hmm. can all put towards things that you want to achieve instead of arguing with what is. So that's what I would leave everyone with yeah 
I, I love that. I, and I love that you talked about just be human because I think sometimes we put so much expectations and pressure on ourselves. Um, sometimes we put it on the people around us to be so much more, but we are human. We, we have successes, we have failures, we have fears, we have change, you know? And so I, I love that about getting rid of that self-doubt. And I just think that's just super awesome. So this last segment, like I said, is called What's in Your Cup, and it's where I challenge the listener and the guest to tell me three things that they're adding to their cup to get them through their day or their week. And so while you think about your answers, I'll go first. So the first thing I think I'm putting in is freedom. Um, I loved how you talked about getting rid of self-doubt and the awkwardness of change and, and growth. And so I think just freedom and space to be exploratory is definitely the first time, uh, first thing I'm putting in my cup. Walking, because um, I slacked off a little bit, it's getting cold here, but I definitely found that walking really helped my, not only physical health, but my mental health and just me feeling just really good and having a good day. So adding that back to my cup, just consistent walking, um, and the last thing I think I'm putting in is um, reading, because again, that's something I've been putting off. So today I'm definitely going to get to reading because that is what's going to help me to be free and to have this, again, this feeling of accomplishedness for myself. So those are my three things, freedom, walking, and reading. Vicki, what about you? Love that. I'm going to love this question. Um, my first one is acceptance. I have um, vertigo. It's come up and it's like it's come up again in the last 24 hours. And so I just want to accept and be with and not judge, which is obviously what I said to everyone. So I really am accepting what is and what I can do about it to begin mm -hmm. with. The second one is pleasure. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's such a been such a long journey for me to like you know, that I deserve pleasure, I deserve the enjoyment of things in life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be adding that. And the last one is going to be my meditation, which I'm still, you know, fairly new at and, and learning, but really enjoying. And again, this isn't just about what the meditation is going to do for me. It's really about, you know, making a decision and committing to showing up for it and having that word and that relationship with myself. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I, I loved that. Um, listen, I'm going to take a little acceptance for me through my cup this week as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm definitely going to have to uh, binge watch your uh, podcast. At <laughs> yeah, do it. So good. Some people do that. They're like, hey, I've listened to every episode in the last two weeks. <laughs> listen, and so for listeners, if you're like, oh my God, where do I find this? The link is going to be in the episode, this episode um, bio. So you'll find that you'll have Vicky's information. Um, Vicky, this was super fun. I hope you had a great time and I hope you do not become a stranger to coffee and combos. I will not. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Have a great rest of your afternoon and be well. You too. Take care. <laughs>